You're listening to the Sunday morning message from Clouds Creek Baptist Church. Join us for worship Sunday morning at 11. Or for more information, visit cloudscreek.org. Merry Christmas. It's like early though, right? Like you're like, can we say it yet? I guess it's like almost a whole week away. Next year, Christmas falls on a Sunday, which is exciting. Uh, I'm super excited. I know someone. I will not throw them under the bus um, because my family listens to this and they are part of my family. Uh, But that the last time Christmas fell on a Sunday, they were like, can you believe this? Christmas on a Sunday just ruins everything. It's like, you know, that's why we're here, right? Like that's literally... The whole point is Chris, of Christmas is Jesus. Like, that's why. So even as we look towards next year when Christmas will be on a Sunday, we'll still be here. Lord willing, we will be here and celebrating Christmas together. Uh, and we'll still be here next week and to celebrate because even on the 26th, Jesus has still come, right? He's still born. He is still with us. Uh, this week, we're going to be looking at love. Oh, speaking of next week, I do want to mention next week is a little bit different because um, how many of you guys are like me and that like between Christmas and New Year's, you forget what day it is? Anybody else that you're like, I don't remember. I've been eating so much food and been going to so many different people's houses. I don't even know where I slept last night. Like, I don't, I don't know what day it is. So because things are a little bit different, a little bit weird, uh, we do things a little bit different here on this Sunday. It's kind of a weird in-between Christmas and New Year's place. Um, and so what we're going to do next week, Travis mentioned earlier that we're going to have communion. Uh, we're going to have communion and we're going to sing like we always do. Um, and we're going to have like a prayer service. So if you've been with us before, we do this every year. We've been doing this, I think, every year since I've been here. I think the first year I was like, hey, let's do this. Um, And so we're going to do a prayer service. And essentially what's going to happen is we'll come together and break up in groups. And I will kind of have a guided prayer that we will pray for, kind of start big and pray globally to our country, to our state, to our area, to our church. And so we'll kind of narrow things in, and I'll kind of guide us through prayer. And so it's a really cool time for us to come together um, and just spend time in prayer um, in this weird in-between Christmas and New Year's Day. You can come and, and just kind of rest and enjoy the presence of God and pray together. So I'm excited for that, but I did want to uh, let you know for next week so you come in and know what to expect. Um, this week, we get to the final week of Advent, which again, feels really weird because Christmas is Saturday. But we're talking about love. We've talked about hope, peace, joy, and love. And C.S. Lewis, uh, he actually breaks down love, and he has a book that's called uh, The Four Loves, which is based on a series of radio talks that he did. Uh, And there's four words for love in Greek that we don't have, right? Like in English, you say, I love pizza, and I love my wife. And I hope that those are two different levels of love. Um, If they're not... Maybe somebody keep pizza away from them, or you need to love your wife more. I'm not sure which one it is. No judgment, but it's got to be a little different, right? Love is different. There's different words for love, and so what's happened is in English, we've kind of muddied them all together, and it's, I can love pizza, I can love the Falcons, I can love my wife, I can love you guys. It's just weird that we can use the same word for all of these. So C.S. Lewis broke it down into the four different Greek words for love. There's storge which is an empathy bond. This is a bond that happens kind of uh, usually by proximity. Uh, This is the love of a parent or child or family. 
uh, loves that bonds you. Um, like it might be the same way for people you work with that you're like, this is my best friend. And you get a new job and you haven't talked to them in three years, right? Like it's like they were, yeah, they were your best friend, really? Or did you just love them because they were there? Uh, kind of like your family, you know? And this is every single one of these laws. Okay, listen, I'm not saying that's the only reason you love your family, but I mean, if you think about it, like your siblings, if they were a stranger, you wouldn't be like, I love you just the same, right? Like there's this level of because they're family, because it's my cousin, I love them, you know? And so there's this element, but even, even this love, we think about the love that a parent has for a child, um, it's still a flawed love. And a lot of you guys have experienced this. A lot of you guys have experienced the love of, the flawed love of a parent. Parents don't always get it right. I'm a parent. I know I don't. I hope my kid doesn't have to pay for years and years of therapy, but he probably will need some. Those of you guys who were here on Wednesday and Santa told him he was just going to get pants for Christmas, you're like, that boy's going to need therapy. We don't always do our best as parents, that our love is still flawed. We still make mistakes. The second type of love is, is phileo love. This kind of love is, is brotherly love. It's where we get the word Philadelphia, like the cream cheese. Um, and so it, nobody, nobody, everybody was just like, yes, yes, that is where we get the cream cheese, Philadelphia. That was what came first, then the city. Um, the city, Philadelphia, oh, I just whiffed on that one. Uh, the, Philadelphia is also known as the city of brotherly love. I was hoping somebody would say cream cheese. Um, it's the city of brotherly love. And that's what this phileo love, this phileo love is a brotherly love. This is like a friendship love. Um, it's, it's, again, this is the least natural of all of the loves. This is a love that it's like, this doesn't really make sense evolution-wise, naturally. It doesn't make sense that I would just love this random person. But it's that friendship love that you might have experienced. Uh, then there's eros love, and this is romantic love. C.S. Lewis does a fantastic job of distinguishing it between uh, the desire of like, hey, I want a woman, and hey, I want that woman. I love, I want, you know, I want a relationship and I want a relationship with this person. It is a different kind of love. It is a romantic love, this eros love. And again, this is, this is flawed. Every single one of these types of love is flawed. And then we get to the last kind of love, which is the word agape. I don't know if you've heard this word before, but this word agape is a, a God-specific love. This is a love that is, when, when talked about in scripture, it's not used just as like a casual love. This love is an unconditional love. This is a love that it doesn't matter. It is a flawless kind of love. We're going to read a good bit of 1 John chapter 4 this morning. If you want to open there, you can. Uh, we're going to read a good bit in 1 John chapter 4. And every time the word love is used, I actually did look it up because I wanted to make sure it was true when I said it. Every time the word love is used in this passage, in the original Greek, John used the word agape. So every time you hear the word love in this passage, he is not talking about uh, phileo love or storge love or eros love. He is talking about this agape, this unconditional love. And, and I don't always share my title for every week, right? Like it's not something I normally put on the screens. But this week I wanted to share my title with you. Because I think it so perfectly sums up this love. It's undeserved love. Undeserved love. The past few weeks, uh, my titles have been a better. So like a better hope, a better peace, a better joy. And that's kind of what we looked at. But this week, it is undeserved love. That's what this agape love is. This is a love that we didn't do anything to earn. We didn't do anything to deserve it. I love that line in uh, Reckless Love. I didn't earn it and I don't deserve it. This is an undeserved love that we have 
from God. And we're going to look at two things in this passage today. Uh, this passage kind of breaks it down into the love that God has for us and the love that we should have for other people as a result of that. So 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to pick up in verse 7. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. See how all of this makes more sense when you know it's agape, right? Like if, you, if there's these other types of love, it's like, well, sure, other people love. But this agape love is only from God. Continuing in, in, uh, in verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. We have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we, have, we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Like I said, this, is, this passage, we, when we read it, not knowing the four different types of love, as English-speaking people, we've just got the one that seems to fall short in this passage, seems to sell short who God is. You might have heard the phrase before, God is love. You might have heard that. God is not love that you love pizza, right? That's not the kind of love God is. God is not the parent-child love. God is not the love that you have for your spouse. God is not the love that you have for your friends. When it says God is love, it is saying God is this unconditional, undeserved love. That's what kind of love God is. He is not a flawed love. He is not a temporary love. This is an unconditional and undeserved love that God is. The kind of love where you can be fully known and fully loved. I want us to all say that together. I have it on the screen. This is our next point. Because I want you to say, I am fully known and fully loved. Say it again. I am fully known and fully loved. Okay, this time, less like you're a robot just repeating it and more like you mean it, right? Like, say this to yourself. Perceive, like, this is a huge concept for us to understand. I am fully known and fully loved. That is a powerful truth for us to grasp this morning. It's a powerful truth. Because what happens is when we want to be loved, when we are seeking out love, we, we don't let ourselves be fully known, right? We hide our flaws. We can be fully known with people if we don't care if they love us, right? Like if you have a therapist or a counselor, you're like, I don't care. I'll tell you anything because I don't care if you love me or not. Yeah, I pay you to be here. I don't really care, right? Like, it's like, I'll be fully known. I don't care if you love me or not. But if you think about like when, when you're dating somebody, if you, if you remember that, that time where you're trying to hide your flaws, 
You're like, I don't want to be fully known because I want to be fully loved. And so we hide these parts of ourselves. Even, even kids, they start to make these mistakes and they're, they're hiding it from their parents. They're afraid of the consequences. They're afraid of what's going to happen. It's that fear that, that John talked about of there's no fear in love is when we allow ourselves to be fully loved, we don't, we don't always allow ourselves to be fully known. We serve a God who fully knows you. Psalm 139, he says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Just think about that for a second. That's crazy. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. This is a God that knows your thoughts, no matter how far away he seems to be. He knows everything about you. He knows the number of hairs that are on your head. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows the, the, the dark things that you don't want anybody to know about yourself. Those things that you might even hate about yourself that you're like, I don't even want to acknowledge that this exists. God knows them, and he still loved you enough for Christmas. He still loved you enough to send his son to the earth for you, knowing everything about you. That passage in 1 John that we started off with this morning, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And you might think, Blake, I'm not afraid of anything. I don't have any fears. I don't like live in fear. This is a thought process that I kind of have. It's like, I don't, like, I wouldn't describe my life as like, hey, I have fear, you know. But if you think about it, you really do. There's the fear of not being enough. There's the fear of being lonely, being unlovable, being a failure, being forgotten, not being hurt, fear of being hurt. There's tons of different reasons, different internal things that you might have fears of that you might not necessarily frame it that way. But if you think about your biggest motivation, what motivates you? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Is it, you know, hey, well, I got to provide a good life for my family. Is that a fear that you won't be able to? I need to make sure that I'm keeping my spouse happy because I have a fear of not being loved. What is this fear that you have? You might not even realize it. When we understand, when we start to ask ourselves, what is my fear? What is that thing that is inside me that I'm not quite okay with, that it's my motivation, that if I don't get it, things are going to be bad? Allow God to speak into it. Allow God to light up that corner of your life that you, you don't really think that he needs to be there because you don't like it. Allow yourself to be fully known. If you want to figure out what this fear is, if you're like, I'm not really sure, like, if you're truly like racking your brain, you're like, I don't really know, I'm not relating to this, Blake. Again, like I said, figure out what it is that motivates you. What is it that, that drives you? That like, I have to do this because if I don't, no one will. That's probably where your fear is. What weighs on your mind? What is heavy on your brain? What takes over when you're alone and it's quiet? What are those thoughts that creep in? I have to accept the fact that his perfect love drives out fear. 
have to allow his love to drown our fears. Allow his love to fill your life so much that it pours into those corners and drowns out those fears because his love says, I'll take care of it. I'll fill those gaps. He says, you don't have to be enough. I will be enough for you. You don't have to fear being lonely because I will always be with you. You have a fear of being unlovable, but I love you. You might have a fear of letting others down, but I have a never-ending forgiveness. You cannot let me down. You worry that others might forget you. I have not forgotten you. I knew you before you existed. You might have a fear of not being heard. You have a Holy Spirit who intercedes on your behalf to the Father. You have a fear that things won't get better. He holds you in your sadness. He gave us the promise of eternity. He gives us hope. He gives us peace. He gives us love. When the world offers us cheap knockoffs, you are loved. There is an unbelievable, undeserved love that God has for you. I want to do something a little different. I was so in awe while I'm writing this message of how much God loves us. I thought, can we just sing about it? Can we just sing about it? Can I ask the the girls and Devin to come back up? I want us to do that. I want us to take a break from the message and let's just sing about this love that God has for us. Can we do that this morning? We forget about this incredible love that he has. That's why I love that song. My favorite line, it might be one of my favorite lines in any worship song ever, is he says, if his grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. His love is a hurricane. I am a tree. I'm being ripped out of the ground and swept up in this unbelievable love that he has for us. This is Christmas. This is Christmas is this love that he has for us. That is a love worth singing about, amen? Let yourself be fully known to this this God, trusting this love. Approach him vulnerable, which is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to expect safety when we're vulnerable. When I was growing up, I got picked on, um, for having curly hair. I'm just like, you guys are not creative at all. And then I got picked on for being fat, which is like warranted. And so what happened is I, I built up these walls. I built up these walls to protect myself. It's like, I can't be vulnerable. If I get vulnerable, I'm just going to get picked on. I'm just going to get hurt. I started uh, making fun of myself because it's like if I make fun of myself first, nobody can make fun of me because I did it. I beat them to the punch, right? I built up these walls. And what's happened as I've gotten older is, is I realized that God made me a sensitive man. And that's okay. Anytime I'm watching football and they show some story about a guy who overcame something to be, I cry every time, every time. Season finale of Great British Baking Show, cry like a baby, like a baby. I cry at things, and that's okay. I think Jesus was sensitive. He was tenderhearted. He was meek. He was kind. But what's happened is that I built up these walls because I was afraid of being vulnerable. 
We do the same things. We all, we all find ways to cope. We all find ways to put up walls to not let people in. We have to remind ourselves that God is safe. We don't have to have these walls up around him. That even though he knows the worst things that we've done, he knows those things that we've thought that were like, I hate that I thought that. He knows those and he loves us anyway. God is never going to walk into your vulnerability and you're like, hey, okay, I'm going to let down these walls and God's not going to turn the corner and go, whoa, never mind. Uh, You know what? I'm sorry. Can't do this. Uh, This is not what I was expecting. That's not what we have with God. He sees those flaws and he says, I love you anyway. It doesn't matter. This is an undeserved, unconditional love. There might be people in your life who you've been vulnerable with and they said, whoa, never mind. I don't want to deal with that. That's a bad example of this love. That is not this agape love. Once we understand how unbelievable this love is, it doesn't just stop there, right? Like, that's not where the passage says. It doesn't say, hey, just know that you have this unbelievable, undeserved, unconditional love. He says, you are loved, love others. You are loved, love others. And again, I will remind you that that word love, don't love others like you love pizza. Love others like God loves you. This agape, unconditional love. John doesn't change the type of love when we're supposed to love others, right? It doesn't go from like, God has this agape love for you. So like, just brotherly love. Just like, make sure you kind of love people, right? Have this unconditional love. And you might say, Blake, I do love people. But I would ask you, which kind of love? Is it just that we love the people that it's easy to love? We love the people who return their buggies back to the little like buggy thing? We love the people who can park inside the lines. I can't. Mm, preaching to myself here. Or do we love people when it's hard? Do we love the people that it's like, I don't agree with you. I disagree with your lifestyle. I disagree with everything about what you do. Do we put conditions on it? Or do we love them anyway? That first line from 1 John 4 that we read earlier, such such a great relief. He says, dear friends, let us love one another. That agape love one another. It's like, oh, that's tough. And then he says, for love comes from God. You don't have to do it on your own, (laughs) right? Amen? Amen that I don't have to love people that park outside the lines on my own? Like, I'm so thankful that it's not dependent on my own strength. We have to have this unconditional love, and this unconditional love is going to stand out. Because this world's love, the world, the, the love that the world offers is very conditional. And I, I mentioned it earlier. Those people that you work with, you're like, that's my best friend. You, you leave for another job and you haven't talked to them in eight years. Right? Is that unconditional love or is that just like, I love them because I see them every day? The love that the world offers is so conditional. You might have even experienced it in church. You might have had a situation in church where these are people who are claiming to love you with the love of God, and then something happens, and all of a sudden, you're an outcast. That is not agape love. That is not unconditional love like God has had for us. That is a poor example. And sometimes we are that poor example. 
But we have to love people with the love that God is filling us with. What if our love did look like the love God has for us? How different would our lives look if that's how we loved the people around us? This Christmas, think about how good our God is and the love that he has for us, loving us even in our sins, and that this is a love for us to enjoy. We are absolutely supposed to enjoy this love, but we are not called to keep it to ourselves. And that doesn't just mean telling other people about it. It means giving it away. It means giving people this same love that you have been given. One of my favorite concepts is that you are what you fill yourself with, right? Like you would never walk up to a trash can, reach your hand in, and expect to pull out an ice cream cone, right? I guess unless you're at Brewster's, then maybe. But like, you don't expect to pull something good out of trash. So what do you fill yourself with? What are you filling yourself with? Are you focusing on yourself? Are you focusing on politics or finances or entertainment? Because if that's what you're focused on, that's what's going to come out of you. Those are the things you're going to be talking about. Those are the things that you're going to be driven by. But if you want to love Others, with the love of God, you need to be full of what? That one wasn't, I didn't feel like that one was too hard. If you want to love others with the love of God, you need to be full of love. love. Not just love, but the love of God. We need to be full of the love of God. That was the life of Jesus. That was the life of Jesus. He was so full of this love of God, this agape love that it spilled out to the people around him. This week might be difficult for some of you. Sometimes your family members are going to say things like, church really ruins Christmas. Christmas really ruins it fell on church day and it's You might have to deal with those people. I don't know who that person is in your house, in your family that you're going to see this Christmas that it's like, I got to gear up the energy. Do you guys have, is it just me? Does anybody else have people that you're like, I got to gear up energy to see these people on Christmas? A couple of us. If you're not raising your hand, you might be that person. Um, That's why I raised my hand, because I'm not that person. As you, as you approach this week of Christmas and you're going to be busy, you're going to have people who cut you off in the store, who take your parking space, who take the last toy, they make whole movies about this, um, who, who get on your nerves. And let this, let this love be what you're full of when that happens. Because then when it happens, that's what's going to spill out of you. When you're spending time with your family and you're exhausted, somebody says something, that they shouldn't have said, how are you going to react? What will you have been filling yourself with? Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, he says, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love, and that word is agape there, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those 
that loved you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? It's like, do you, it doesn't, woohoo, do you want a cookie? Like, I feel like that's what he's saying. He's like, way to go. You love people who love you. That's super easy. What I'm calling you to do is have agape love for your enemies. Whoa. That's crazy. That, you talk about standing out in the world, you have an unconditional love for your enemies. You're going to stick out. But you're not going to do it on your own. I promise. I've tried. You can't. You have to let this love be flowing through you. To love someone unconditionally means you love them even if you disagree with them. Even on the things that you hold most dear, it even means you love someone who has deeply hurt you. Who you might see this week. Have agape love for that person. That's why you're not called to do it on your own. That's not why it is your love. It is from God. When we are living in him, we don't have to do it on our own. What's cool is that when you start to, if you, if you have that person that you're seeing this week, I'm not, say, I'm not saying this because I really like, hate somebody in my family. I just know that there are people that have terrible relationships with, with family. who There's a lot of hurt there, and I'm not trying to downplay that at all. But start to pray that you have the love for that person. Start to ask God that you would, he would help you because you're not going to be able to do it on your own. And I promise you will be surprised at how quickly your heart changes for that person when you start to pray for them. It's pretty unbelievable how quickly God will act in your heart when you say, I don't like this person and I don't want to be that. I want to have this agape love for this person and I don't know how. And watch the Lord start to change your heart. Watch the Lord start to change how you see that person, how you understand them. This is all, this this idea of of, of love one another is not just because we're supposed to be nice to people. I love that John points out that none of us have ever seen God, but that we make him known. We are the evidence of God when we have this agape love for the people around us. That is when people see God. It's through this agape love. You are the evidence that agape love is the evidence of God. What's interesting is that this whole message, really, other than coming from Scripture, But my whole heart behind this message comes from the fact that uh, every day I drive Libby to school, which is two times a week, on the way to school and on the way home from school, I pass this house that has a sign that says, Jesus loves you, which is unbelievably true. It is absolutely true. But it's just not quite the whole story. It's not quite enough to just stick a flag in your yard that says, Jesus loves you, right? That's not agape love. That's just a flag. That's real easy. And again, these might be great people. I'm not dogging them at all. It just spoke to me that it's like, it's not enough to just say Jesus loves you. We have to love them with that love. We have to understand that God is that love. And we're not just 
telling people that God loves them. We are giving them the same love. Remember that this week. Remember that this Christmas. This hope, this joy, this peace, and this love, they're going to make you different. They're going to change how you see Christmas. You're going to start to be not quite as satisfied with all the, the bells and the colors and the flowers and the greenery. Because there's something better. And that's what we're called to celebrate. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this undeserved love. God, God, thank you for not making us earn it. Thank you for not waiting on us to figure out the best way. But God, that you came to us that you said, I am pursuing my people and I will sacrifice the life of my son to bring them back to me because I have an unconditional love for them. God, that we didn't have to get it right for you to send Jesus. That you loved us regardless of our mistakes and that you still do I was saying earlier, there's no shadow you won't light up. And you don't just light up the shadows and say, oh, never mind. You light up the shadows and say, I love you anyway. That we are fully known and fully loved. God, I pray that you would give us the ability to have this agape love for others. That we know that we can't do it on our own but fill us. Let us experience that, that fully loved feeling so that it's what spills out to the people around us. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see the example of what it is like to be full of agape love and to pour it out on the people around us. Let that be our focus. God, if it's too big of a task to say just for our whole lives, God, just this week, Things are going to be crazy. We're going to be driving hundreds of miles to see family, it feels like. God, give us this love. Let us be focused on being filled with this love so it pours out to the people around us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.